welcome to this episode of the Future Champions podcast. My name is Stuart Taylor, and over the last few episodes, we've been talking about the top moments in sport for 2021. Most of the people that I've been speaking to, I know really well. I've enjoyed talking to them. It's been absolutely fantastic to reconnect. In this episode of the Future Champions podcast, I speak to somebody who's probably one of my closest friends and also my brother, Michael Taylor. He's been involved in sport for a long time. He loves sport. He's a teacher out at the Sunshine Coast. Michael Taylor, welcome to the Future Champions podcast. Thanks for having me. I asked you to have a look back in 2021 and tell me what your best moment in sport is. You actually came up with a number of different ones and I asked you to pick something different because most of the people that I connect with love football, you love football and you chose a few football things. Yes, I did. So then when you've actually had to sit down and think of something else, what was the moment you thought of? It was hard to go past when Ash Maloney won the 1500 metre in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which was held in 2021. And just with the support that he got from Cedric Dubler. I remember also you watched that, that live and you actually put a Facebook post about it saying how inspirational it was to watch two teammates and to watch somebody sacrifice their event or their run to help a fellow teammate through. Yeah, absolutely. It was an incredible thing to watch live. I was inspired by it. And to hear you actually uh, decide to talk about this moment, I was pretty excited. So we are underway. So Ash Maloney's best times around about that 4.42 mark. I think he runs about 4.45 here. He's going to make it incredibly difficult for the American champion, Scantling and Lepage. So there's Dubler. I reckon Ash is looking for him, Tamsin. Yeah. I reckon he is, don't you? Yeah, I think, he's, I think he's going to help him. Gosh, Cedric, what a guy. He's such a good teammate. But he'll just be telling him exactly what he needs to do, where he needs to position himself. He'll have it, he'll have it all covered in terms of where he needs to finish it. Maloney and Dubla are Australian track and field athletes. They compete in the decathlon, which is 10 events. And I'll just quickly go through them. For the men, on the first day, it's 100 metres, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 metres. And then in day two, it's 110 metres hurdles, discus, pole vault and javelin. And then you have 1,500 metres. Michael, you know from first-hand experience that the 1,500 metres is a very, very tough race. Yes, I do. I, was, um, I wouldn't say I was a, an athlete at school, but I did actually, by the time I got into um, running late into school, which is a different story, 1,500 become the event that I was known for. Yeah, and I, I set one of the school records there, and that held for over 20 years. It's still there, isn't it? It is still there, yes. So well over 20 years. And what interested me, at, at a young age, you were running 1,500 metres. You weren't trained by a track and field coach. Uh, you pretty much, from my memory, you trained because you're always late for the train and the train station was about 1,500 metres from our house. Yeah, you, you sort of skipped over a detail there. You said that I was always late for the train. You've got to remember you were with me, okay? And the only thing that... Um, 1,500-metre race didn't have in it is a fence at the end that we have to jump to get onto that train. Well, it is a bit like a decathlon. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a hurdle and a 1,500 metres. I'd like to think that in this uh, story, I was Dubla screaming at you to, to get to the train. Yes, there are a few similarities there. So, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about those similarities. Where did Maloney sit coming into the 1,500 metres? He competed in nine events. And where was he sitting in relation to the bronze? Uh, I think he was sitting, com well, not comfortably in the bronze, 
But he was going into the 1500 event, which Scantlin was definitely better than him at. And it was a very big opportunity for Scantlin to get Maloney and overtake him. So there was actually another runner from Canada, Piers, um, that could have also challenged him for the bronze. So he had two people that were very likely to take the bronze off him in that final decathlon race. So what happened before the race is Dubla, which had been training with Maloney for about seven years, they come up with a team plan and they said Dubla would actually try to pace him and to stay in front of him. And what Dubla's job was, was to have an eye on the Scantlin and Piers and make sure that they didn't get too far ahead because they've done the calculations and I'm not sure if you know how decathlons work, but every event has a particular point score and the 1500 you get points for the amount of time you finish behind the leader or the certain number of points you can get. They calculated it was about 10 seconds that they needed to be behind or they couldn't be any further behind than 10 seconds behind Scantlin for Maloney to get the um, bronze. So that was a whole objective is to make sure. And it, it really came down to the why. If you, if you go back and you watch that event, which I have a couple of times now, you can hear it in the commentators, they were anxious. Look at Cedric just looking around saying, come on, let's go, move up. But I'd like to see him move up just a fraction more just so that our heart rates can go down from the maximum that it's oscillating at right now. He needs to get moving now. He needs to run the last 400 metres here like his life depends on it. Because that margin, looking at Scantling there, that... Scantling's flying. Yeah, he is, and that margin's about 50 or 60 metres now, so... got to go. Ash has to say, no, enough's enough. I've got to put the burners on. Scantling continues to run his heart out here. So he is really making this difficult. Have a look at him take off. So Maloney, and that's Warner. I'm pleased about that. And that's Lepage. Where is Scantling, Dave? So there he is. He's four from the right. Now Maloney's... Probably got to be within 50 or 60 metres. I heard some interviews with Maloney after the event and he was saying he knew when he passed that finish line, he got a personal best and he knew that he had done it then and there. It was a personal best of 4 minutes and 39.19, which gave him 685 points, which was the uh, difference of those 62 points he needed to secure bronze. Yeah, well, the final score for Maloney was 8,649 at the end of that. Scantlin, he ended up with 8,611. Scantlin did actually make up some, but he didn't make up anywhere near enough. And that was the important thing of Cedric Dubla to actually get his mate across the line. When you look at Dubla, a 1,500-metre race is effectively three and a half, maybe three, is it three and a half? Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters of a 400-metre track. In the last lap, Maloney was struggling and he was getting a proper belting verbally from Dubla. And in the last 200 metres, Dubla just, whatever he said, it really worked. Dubla actually gave his all to make sure that Maloney was in front. And when you run and you've actually expelled a lot of your energy yelling at somebody, <laughs> you're going to tire. And he did. He tired and he actually came dead last in that run. Um, but I tell you what, he was the happiest person on that track, I reckon. And one of the things which is interesting in an interview afterwards is that even straight after or even days later, people would say to him, oh, Dubla, doesn't Maloney owe you something now? And he goes, no, he doesn't. I've been training with this guy for seven years. He's more than repaid me. We're, we're good friends. The other thing Dubla actually mentioned about it is they're saying, oh, you're a hero, Dubla, for helping him through. And he goes, 
No, you've got to remember, I've only done one little part. All those other 10 events, uh, nine events, Maloney had to do them by himself. And Maloney, he, he did well in some of the events, especially like the 400 metre, he, he won that. It is interesting to think about the dynamic that they've been training together for seven years. They have the same coach. They're good mates. They push each other in training. They then go into the Tokyo Olympics for 2020, which was postponed to 2021 due to COVID. Come the first race, the 100 metres, they're competitors. They're from the same country and they're teammates in that respect, but both of them want to win. And then by the end of it, Maloney wins with the support of his effective Australian competitor. It's an amazing story. It, it is, and especially for us as Australians watching that, you, we love that mateship, and, and we know that happens in all countries, but it's extra special for us when we watch it. You touch on that 100-metre. Um, Maloney actually got second in that, so he, he's actually more of a shorter-distance runner than a middle-distance. And the other fact that most people don't know is earlier that day, Maloney was really almost come up, came undone in a whole vault and he almost stacked it. And he said he was really on edge after that for the rest of the day. So this is uh, Maloney of Australia. Ooh. Slipped off, his hands came off the pole there as he was just going up into the leg shoot. Nothing worse than landing on his back. You can see here, so the top hand, I think, slipped five metres above the ground there, coming down onto the bed see that can just shake you up a little bit and so that's where i think it also helped having dubler there to really get his mind back into into focus and to stay on that run that was important and not to go back to the pole vault incident when you think about decathlon you've run 1500 meters it's probably one of the hardest races i think along with the 400 meter and the 800 meter but the 1500 is quite unique because it's that second lap from the end before the bell, where your legs really start to burn. That's right. And that's where you've actually got to really pace it well. That's where you can lose the race. And that's where I think um, Dubler was very important to um, Maloney's race. He was just there. And when you're running with other people that you don't know, you go, oh, am I as good as them? But when you've got a teammate in front of you doing the running and you go, I know that guy, I can keep up with him. He's my mate. I've got to stay with him. And you could see it. And even some of the commentators during that event were saying, oh, is Dublin getting too far in front of him, is he? But no, they, they work really well and, and they drop back. I'll tell you what, though, when that bell goes for that final lap, that's where a world of pain starts. You know, you've got the elation that you're about to finish in 400 metres, but you still got that pain and you know that when you get onto that final stretch of that 100 metres or fractionless, it, it's... You've got to give it all. You've got to give it. And you could see that with Maloney. He just, that last 90 metres, you know, 50 metres, he just kept striding out, striding out. He was determined to make up every fraction of a second because every second or fraction of a second was point. And he knew how close it was. Where are you, Ash? He's picked up a bit. He's picked up a bit. This is going to get right down to maybe a metre or two in it. So Scantling, Maloney's coming hard though. Scantling goes over the line. Maloney with a really big kick. I reckon he might have done it here. I do make a point that the 15-year-old Michael Taylor probably beats Ash Maloney in that race. I actually, um, going to sound like a bit of a brag, and all my training went down to being late for the train. I just needed a knapsack on my back. But yes, I actually beat both um, Scantling and 
Maloney. So I actually probably beat majority of the field um, with the time that I had back in that time. But hey, that was school days. Yeah, and I guess you didn't have nine events beforehand. <laughs> no, that's right. You know, I just went to school and they said, oh, do you want to try this 1,500-meter race? Yeah, I'll give it a go. You're a school teacher now. Yes. What lessons do you think your students would learn from the relationship between two competitors in Maloney and Dubla, and also what lessons would they learned from Maloney's perseverance when he thought he had failed in the pole vault and then had to really fight to win a bronze medal in the 1500 metres. So many lessons, especially in the classroom, you see it both in the PE class and the math class. As you would know, I love both of those. I probably now love my maths a bit more. I guess with the relationship between the two people, I definitely see it in classes where you have two students competing with each other to get a better grade. And you'll actually notice the kids that actually do better are the two kids that actually jump in and actually help each other try to achieve better in their results. And when one will actually say, hey, I don't get this, and they teach somebody else how to do it, they both start to succeed. So that would be the same on the on the track. You know, you're helping your friend out. You're learning a lot more. You're doing that as well. The other thing is, too, about just Maloney and then sticking with it. I know for a while ago, um, like after school, put a bit of weight on, and I thought, I'll get back into the running, and I'll just run around the block. It's 1,500 metres, okay? Well, it wasn't even that. It was 1,200 metres, and I'll just start with that run. And then we entered into my wife and I. She wasn't much of a runner at the time. And then we entered into a 2K race down at the Sunshine Coast, and we looked at it and went, oh, cool. Let's, let's try to get to 5K next year, and then we'll build up to 10. And we thought we'll do that over a period of time. Well, the very next year, we actually – both ran our first full marathon. So that's 42.2 kilometres. And then after that, we finished off and ran the two kilometres with our kids. Now, the reason I say that is I actually use that story in class a bit. And I'll say to some students, the most important thing you've got to remember is I can't do that yet. Whenever you say the words, I can't do that, put yet at the end. So that gives you that can-do attitude. It means you can achieve more than what you can think. Don't just write yourself off when you don't get it done this time. Always dig deeper and try harder. That That's a, a really great lesson and that's very powerful. Do you enjoy mentoring young minds? It's the best decision I ever made. I love my job with a passion. I love going there mentoring students. I love looking for the students that aren't going to learn the conventional way and try to find a different way to help them through it. And as I said, at the end of the day, I try to make their learning as comfortable as possible. Well, challenge them as well, but let them know that they can achieve rather than saying uh, all the times where they fail. So for Eric Brown as the coach to give so much to decathlon to finally get one of his athletes a medal in the Olympics, it would have been so incredible. And you would understand that as a teacher watching your students blossom. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that Maloney said about Eric Brown raised him on the track and the field, but he also referred to his coach as a beautiful man. That's how much Eric Brown meant to Maloney. Eric Brown is um, a one-of-a-kind coach. Um, a beautiful man, I must say. Um, he raised, he pretty much raised me on the track, um, took me in when I was young, and took Cedric in as a young top as well and built us to Olympic levels. I wonder what's more important to Eric Brown. Would he have loved the fact, obviously he would have loved the fact one of his, his athletes got a bronze medal, but to hear 
how fondly Dubla and Maloney talked about him and saying that he's a beautiful man. I, I, for me, as a teacher, to have a student say that they respect you is, is touching. And I've had that experience and it is touching. The other thing is too, how important it was, it's our first ever medal in the Catholic. That, that That is a fantastic message. Thank you for sharing this moment and for allowing me to relive it. I love the Olympics, but I love Australian sportsmanship and I love the Australian culture when it comes to sport and giving it all. And that was a, a true example of a great moment in Australian sport, both Maloney, Dubla, and their, their camaraderie, but their fierce competitiveness to make sure that Australia won. Can I ask you just quickly, what are you looking forward to in 2022? You've probably heard this a lot, and I'm going to go back to my football. I knew you would. Apart from one of my favourite players of all time being Sam Kerr, okay, apart from what she does, just watching Ange Postacoglu manage my childhood team or our childhood team, Celtic, and I just want to see how far he can take this team. And I just love the passion that the Scottish people are showing towards him. Michael Taylor. My mate, my brother, thank you for joining me on the Future Champions podcast. Was it as stressful as you thought it was going to be? Well, I'll wait for the finished product and see. But yeah, it is pretty stressful talking to a microphone rather than having a class where you can see reactions in front of you. Michael Taylor, thank you for joining me on the Future Champions podcast. Stay safe. Will do. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Future Champions podcast the top 10 sporting moments of 2021. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other great episodes from 2021 and 2020. My name is Stuart Taylor. Stay safe.